Welcome to the Do Hard Things podcast with your host, Jay Teagues. Are you ready to amplify and improve your life? Then you're in the right place. On this podcast, we have unfiltered conversations with inspiring people who take on challenges and are here to share with us their wisdom from their journey. We talk about how doing hard things enable all of us to adequately deal with life struggles and challenges and to ultimately improve the quality of our lives. Welcome to another episode of the Do Hard Things Podcast. I'm your host, JT, Certified High Performance Coach, Transformational Mindset Coach. And in this episode, I have a great conversation with Wileen Becker as we go on the Graduate Warriors program. The Graduate Warriors is a local radio program. We talk about a variety of mindset, psychology topics. The primary audience is the veteran community. However, anyone can benefit from what we talk about today. We talk about boredom in relationships, boredom in relationships. We highlight the five love languages, how to identify signs that your relationship might be coming a little bit boring and give you some tips, tactics, and techniques to kind of maybe spice some things up. The greatest human desires to feel loved and appreciated. And oftentimes we live in close proximity with our, the people that we're close to. And we just out of habit or just life just kind of happens. And ultimately over time, your relationship is either improving or it's in decline. And if you can identify it soon enough and start implementing some of the strategies that we talk about, you can get ahead of this. I've been there. I've been in a failed relationships. I've been divorced. It absolutely, absolutely sucks. And so don't put yourself in that position. Take the time to, uh, you know, be intentional in a relationship. And I would love to hear what your thoughts are uh, after about uh, what we talk about today. And if you have any questions, comments, feel free to reach out. If you have any additional book recommendations or podcasts or anything on the topic of relationship, feel free to post below. And because uh, at the end of the day, it's about uh, living, you know, for, for me personally, the reason that we do this work is so I don't want other people to make the same mistakes and feel as bad as I have. Because when you end a relationship, it's a horrible feeling. When you're going through divorce, it's a horrible situation. And so many people face it. So this is just a way to be a lighthouse and shine some light and some knowledge your way so you can implement. If you like what we're talking about here, please ask that you subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. The reviews go a long way. I read each and every one of them. And it enables us to expand the podcast and please share this. There's obviously someone out there that needs to hear this message today. So please share with two of your friends that need to hear this. One more thing before we get into today's show is that this was a two-part series. So you're going to hear an intro to the radio show and then we're going to have a conversation and then we come back the following week and pick up on the topic of relationships again. So this is two radio show episodes into one podcast. I just want to make you aware of that in case you're like, what's going on right now? So uh, I hope that you get some tremendous value from this. There's no doubt that you will. And without further ado, let's get into today's show. Good morning. Welcome into the Graduate Warriors program for this week. We have Wileen Becker back with us. She's in the house. Hey, <laughs> great to be back. Great to be back. And also somebody we haven't seen in a long time. Captain Jay Teagues from Fort Wood. Yeah, it's great to be back. Thank you. Going to turn your microphone down. You're loud. I have a loud voice. <laughs> voice, voice. Right. Man voice. 
<laughs> so, Wylene, good to have you back. Thank you, Gary. It's great to be back. So, what is our topic today? Oh, can we say a shout out to Mr. Charles, wherever yes. you're at? Hi, Charles. Okay, so let's. Um, we're going to talk about: Are you bored in your relationship? And it's from Psychology Today. And um, how to detect early signs of relationship boredom before it becomes um, entrenched. And the key points is relational boredom can serve as a constructive signal for people to add more novelty and excitement to the relationship. Expectations play a role in helping people diagnose whether they are bored in their relationship. And relationship relational boredom occurs when there is a growth type expectation gap that is less excitement than what a person ideally wants and being aware of early signs of expectation gaps is the first step to combating relationship relational boredom and passion <laughs> that's a really interesting topic gary passion refers to intense feeling of longing for a partner emotionally and sexually one perspective of passion relates to acquiring new perspectives of the self and the world. For instance, at the beginning stages of relationship, when people are experiencing rewarding experiences like trying new restaurants, meeting a new circle of friends, and learning about the other partner, passion is high. However, in the context of established relationships, when that new skill, resources, and perspectives become commonplace, um, passion decays, and boredom might be experienced. And that happens with every relationship, you know, every friendship. And it's, a you know, that, that stage in the beginning where passions are exciting. But just keep in mind, that's not all, you know, relationships are. You know, as time goes on, you get a deeper meaning of a relationship. All right, Jay, what is uh, relational boredom then? Well, relation, well, boredom in general is just a sense of lack of interest, apathy, restlessness. And as a certified performance coach, a lot of what, when I talk to my clients, whatnot, talking, a lot of the issues that they're having stems from relationships, relationships with their partner, relationships in the workplace, relationships with their kids. And so one of the things that it's hard to measure your relationship, but with good questions, I like to use the scale of one to 10. So a question I would ask, if you're listening to this, how connected on a scale of one to 10 do you feel to your partner? How connected do you feel? One being zero, 10 being like the most deeply passionate, connected that, that you can be. Where are you at in that? How passionate do you feel about your relationship? And then another powerful question that I ask people when was the last time you turned off all of your electronics, had four hours alone with your partner, doing something fun, and weren't interrupted? Because when I ask that question, most people can't think of a time that they did that. When you walk into a restaurant, you see couples. Uh, you know the married yes. couples because they're both staring into their screens and their cell phones. The, the couples that are dating are usually looking at each other and having a conversation. So boredom is often, you know, like, like Wileen was saying, um, we go through a life cycle in our relationships. It's either growing or it's decaying. There's no even keel. You're, and, and relationships fluctuate. And the first 18 to 24 months in a relationship is where the most passion is because you have that, it's that puppy love stage. Yes. But after that stage is over with, then now you see the person for who they truly are. And that puppy love stage has kind of worn off a little bit. And then, you know, that's when the real work comes in. And usually it's that stage 
where we start to get bored in the relationships. We start to live in close proximity with one another and not live with intention. Yes. And that's, that's ultimately, I think, where the, where the boredom happens is we lose intention uh, with how we relate to that person. Absolutely. I always have to laugh when I see a couple come into a big store and both of them have cell phones and they're talking on the <laughs> cell phone. And I get a laugh thinking that they're talking to each other on the cell phone, not in real, you know, face to face and all that. It doesn't happen. I'm sure they're talking to other people, but yeah. I find myself like with my daughter, she's connected with the electronics and any type of relationship, not just, you know, intimate relationships, but, you know, relationship with your kids as well. You know, I set the family time or when we go out to dinner, I set that time and say, you know, we need to put the electronics down and we need to be involved and we need to be present and we need to be engaged. And I think that's really important to yeah. do. I think that's where the boredom happens in any relationship. It's that lack of intention. It's lack of focused intention. You're losing engagement. And oftentimes it's we're so distracted with things. We're distracted with when we're on, you know, having date night with our significant other. Are we thinking about work? Are we talking about work? Are we looking at our cell phones? Like what, like, are you focused and engaged with that person in, in the moment? And you don't, it doesn't require a lot of time. It just requires focus, time and attention. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. Um, types of expectation gaps. Expectations and relationships can be divided into different categories, including growth, fun, excitement, adventure, and security. People different in terms of how much growth and security they want in their relationship at any point in time. Some people might generally set a bar high for excitement, while others might prefer more routine and comfort in the relationship. Additionally, even for the people that set the bar higher for excitement, there may be occasions in the relationship where the bar is adjusted lower. So um, in these recent studies, uh, they found that people were more likely to diagnose boredom in, in people's relationship and in their own relationship if they were if there was expectation gaps for growth, low novelty, and growth, but not security. In other words, relational boredom is a specific type of need, dissatisfaction, and other aspects of a relationship may remain satisfying. As well, absolute low growth did not predict boredom diagnosis. Instead, it was only if the person was falling short of their expectations. And that's so important when you're in a relationship. I never knew this um, until I started studying it more. Expectations in that relationship is so important. So, you know, when you, you, like I always say, when I was instructing to my, to my class, you don't know what that other person is experiencing. Look to your left, look to your right. Can you tell if that person is hungry? Can you tell if that person is thirsty? How do you know, you know, unless we have open communication? Hey, are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Because what one person might have an expectation in a relationship, the other person may not even realize that that was even an expectation. So effective communication will will help you with relationship. Okay, I'm going to throw this one out to both of you. So somebody out there listening to the program today has boredom in their relationship. Does that signal the end of that relationship? 
Would you like to? It's them? it's not the end, but it's definitely something like okay, you need to probably take inventory if you're feeling that. If you're on that scale of one to ten, and you're probably below a seven, you know what do you need to do in order to make that get more engaged with that relationship to mitigate the boredom? I think boredom is just a, a red flag that something is is going on, and you need to take action. And if because if you don't take action, then eventually the relationship will probably cease to exist. And mm. unfortunately that happens for a lot of people. So but it takes action. It takes you setting the conditions and taking action to to do that. People can actually be bored in their relationship, but not really knowing it. Right. So how can a person tell if they are bored in their relationship with another person? Well, you know, I think that's where you go into your personal inventory. And blaming the other person is not the way to do it. You you might need to seek counseling and get help. You might need to go to your personal performance coach and say, I'm not feeling right about this. You know, where you can be assessed on it. Here, take this inventory. See where you're at. See where your happiness skill is at. Because it might not be with that other person. It might be something that's changing with you. You might be going through some hormonal changes. You might be, there might be other factors that are included in that situation. So don't believe and be, don't have false expectations, right? Because I hear a lot of the time, there's just something missing. It's not like it was in the beginning, right? Well, there there's stages to relationships. And that beginning feeling that you've had in that relationship is new because they'll end that relationship, start six relationships down the road and say... They're chasing that newness yeah. that you experienced in the first 18 months of any relationship. But they have to understand that's false expectations, right? Because that's the newness of that relationship. And commitment, meaning... You get past that, use your effective communication and, you know, try something that you've never, you know, done before. You'll have a deeper, meaningful relationship, if that makes something, sense. Something that I teach in a book that's really helped me is the five love languages. And I coach, I've got uh, three married couples right now that I actually coach individually and in a group. And that was one of the topics that we talked about one month. There are five love languages, gifts, tokens of affection quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, and acts of service. And there's a quiz that you can take for your couple or you can take them for your kids or, or whoever. If you go to five, just Google five love languages, you can take a little quiz and it'll tell you what your love language is. And oftentimes what makes us feel loved, we project that to the other person. Like say, for example, um, I'm a physical touch person, so I like to just you know be hugged or whatever that makes me feel loved. Accepted, yeah. Um, I might give that to my significant other, but theirs are acts of service. They feel loved when I sweep or mop the floor as opposed to giving them a hug. (laughs) So I I feel like my love language, I'm giving them a hug all the time, thinking that I'm giving them love and they're feeling empty and bored is because I'm not, I'm not investing uh, into their love language. So sometimes you need to know what your partner's love language is. So you can specifically address that every day. And sometimes it requires work if you don't have the same love language. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all are, you know, with someone that likes it when you do the laundry. <laughs> right, right. Or <laughs> take out the garbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but you need to know what the love languages are. Absolutely. What about giving uh, your partner his or her own space? Isn't there, doesn't that have to be built in where they get to do something for themselves or that they want to do? 
I think that comes into communication, right? Yeah. So that we, you know, you don't want to plan a two-week trip thinking, oh, my other significant other would love this alone time. When reality, maybe that person is like, we need that vacation together, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I think that's where it comes into effective communication. Um, see, seeing what others needs are in meeting it, meeting the expectation. Yeah, some people might want space. And if that's the case, by all means, but some just make sure, right? Don't make moves on your own thinking that other person, like I said, you know, thinking, oh, that person, here's some water and giving that water when that other person isn't even thirsty. So it's about effective communication and meeting each other's needs. All right. Anybody else? Yeah. I, something I teach is a breakout time. Breakout time is a minimum of three hours, something that you break out and go do for yourself. I was working with someone uh, who lives out in Utah in the mountains, and I asked her if she's feeling down and miserable about her life. Well, what are some of the things that make you feel alive? Well, I like going hiking in the mountains. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, when was the last time you did that? Ten years ago? It's like you love doing this, but you haven't done it in 10 wow. years. Yeah. She started doing it, started feeling great again. So oftentimes life happens, kids, obligation, things like that. We don't take time for ourselves because we feel it's selfish. But I think that if you don't take that breakout time for yourself and plan that in and have that dialogue with your partner to support you with that breakout time, then you're going to feel disconnected and you're not going to show up as your best self for everyone else. So I think that's important. And I also think that having at least a, a weekly date night is also incredibly important. Yes. Because I also ask couples, like, when was the last time you had a date with one another? Months? I'm like, well, how, <laughs> why? You know, yeah. what's going on in your life? What do we need to adjust to make that happen? They start doing that, and they start having a happier, healthier relationship. So it's just it's little things like that. The, the things that are easy to do, but they're also easier not to do sometimes. Making those little minor adjustments and making that right. intentional. And I tell people you got to plan that in because right. if you don't plan it, then it gets stepped on by kids' sport or obligations mm -hmm. or you know, Netflix. You know, Netflix wins the day because you haven't planned it in. So making that a structured routine weekly habit um, is incredibly important. That's a good and, point. Right. And redefining that question and um, self-care. Mm -hmm. if, if you're specifically saying is it important to have self-care, absolutely 100,000 percent right because it makes whenever you're a better person you bring that to the table so that you're yeah. better in that relationship self-care starts with boundaries and having boundaries for yourself and establishing boundaries that you need that breakout time you need that time with your partner yes without your kids and setting the conditions for that and some yeah it's going to require maybe getting a babysitter or maybe it's going to require having a tough conversation with your partner but when you start to establish that uh, your life will become better so children can complicate relationships. Well, there's definitely an added stress. Um, that's just part of parenting. It's right, part, of right. the, part of the journey of that. But, you know, uh, I think that uh, you can set the conditions as well with your with your You can get a babysitter. You know? Right, and, right. And, and a lot of times people will be like, well, I can't do anything because I've got the kids or I've got this or that. Well, you set some boundaries, you know. Make your relationship a priority. And remember, I think a lot of the times people get lost in that, yeah. where they put everything else above their relationship. And at the end of that, you can hear conversations. Um, I don't even know who I am now that my child left the house. My husband and I aren't even the same people that we were 20 years ago. Yeah. Where do we begin from here? But if you were along the way, putting your relationship as a priority 
in that, you know, relationship, I, I don't think it would be as devastating when, you know, your children, the gradual process of when your children leave the home. Good discussion. Mm-hmm. Good to have you back, Wileen. Thank you. Great to be back. Always good to see you, Jay. Yeah, thanks for having me. And it'll be your program for this week. Thank you. I wanted to take a quick break and invite you to an exclusive community I host called The Forge. One of my favorite proverbs is, as iron sharpens iron, so one man does another. The Forge is a mastermind, a community of men and women who are invested in their personal growth and development. They want to improve themselves, to be better husbands, to be better wives, to be better parents to their kids, to add value to their team and lead better at work, and to add more value into their community. In The Forge, I teach principles and habits of the world's highest achievers and performers, and as a group, we identify goals, develop strategies to achieve them, and hold one another accountable. We focus on improving our health, our wellness, our wealth, our relationships, and living in alignment with our purpose. We work together to focus on what truly matters and have a place where we can discuss difficult topics about life. If you're interested in learning more, go on over to www.jteags.com forward slash community where you can learn more about The Forge. You can learn more about my one-on-one coaching experience, sign up for the newsletter, and check out the blog while you're at it. Now back to the show. And good morning. Welcome in to the Graduate Warriors program for today. We have Wileen Becker with us. Good morning, Gary. And direct from the nasty Pulaski bike race <laughs> on Saturday. Yes. I survived, so I'm still here. At JT. I don't know how. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> and also we have Erica Cummings back with us. Good morning, Gary. Good morning to you. So we're going to talk about relationship basics. And who wants to start off the conversation today? Wileen? I think we're just going off of what we kind of had last week. And some of the things that I would like to discuss is um, relationship basics. Like, what is it that, um, what are the uh, type five relationship basics that we can have in a relationship? Um, Respect. Treat your partner with respect. And I think that's really important. Whether you, I think it's the golden rule with anybody, you know, whether they're your friends or your family, especially in an intimate relationship, you would want to have respect. Um, I'm thinking of Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-P. Yes, sing it, Gary. No, 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 no. Sing it. And repair. Um, You're both human. Your partner will make mistakes, and so will you. Repairing your relationship for after those mistakes is critical. Um, to its health. So I think that's important as well when you have a situation like nobody's perfect, right? And getting to know a partner, there's going to be situations where that other partner will upset you. It's about talking to talking it out, having that conversation with that person. Hey, this is the situation. Do you guys have any? I mean, in like the last 10 like? months that I've been with Josh, we've had no arguments. So I actually can't Wow. Yeah, we've had no disagreements, arguments, or nothing. So I don't know if that's the honeymoon phase or what. Generally, I'm not jinxing it. Where's some wood? <laughs> 12 to 18 months is that, that golden time with just yeah. getting to know each other. Yeah, but that's well, he's wonderful. about to leave for six months, though, for TDY. So you never know what those phone calls will entail. <laughs> Jay, would you? Oh, so something that, um, that I typically find is if people are having struggles in their relationships and they find themselves like in argument 
you go through the cycle of arguing and then repairing the relationship and then arguing. Mm-hmm. And like you get in the cycle. There's a direct correlation to the amount of stress that you have in your life. So if you're overwhelmed, over obligated, frustrated, it's going to show up in your relationships. What I tell people is like, okay, you're having relationship issues. What else is going on in your life? Because if you're overwhelmed and stressed and frustrated, it makes its way into the relationship. And then when you actually get a hold of your, when you do an inventory on your time and how you're managing your time, it will, and you have more harmony in your life, you'll have more harmony in your relationships. So that's a key aspect that a lot of people kind of overlook. Like, why am I so pissed off at my partner? What's going on here? Well, when you have harmony in your life, you can manage things better, but it just tends to come out in your relationships. And I I love the fact that you specifically say, I I had you in a guest um, speaker to OTC, talking to the students for psychology. And one of the most profound things I took away from that is how you start your mornings. Can Mm -hmm. you elaborate a little bit on that? And that sets the tone for the rest of the day. Yeah, I think if if you want more harmony in your life, it starts with your morning routine. And there's a great book on the topic called The Miracle Morning. And I, by my natural disposition, am not a morning person. I prefer the evenings. But what I found was when I had the most tumultual times in my life, I would wake up just in absolute reaction mode. I'd wake up to my kids. You know, being in the military, you're waking up to text messages like one, especially in the winter months. I don't like going to PT when it's cold and dark and it's snowy outside. It's just like you just wake up like in kind of dread. But you're getting phone calls because so-and-so is like late or so-and-so didn't shave or, oh, by the way, did you were you tracking this meeting? And like right after PT, I got a script. It's like all day like you're in reaction mode. And when you're in reaction mode, as soon as you wake up, it just, you get frustrated. And who do you take it out on? Well, you take it out on the your, people the people that are to closest yeah. to you. They yeah. don't get the best version of you. Yeah. No. So if you want to own the day, you got to start with that morning routine. And when I started to get up earlier in peace before everyone else woke up and, you know, drink my coffee, maybe get a little workout in before PT or stretch, read something positive, maybe meditate, pray, you know, whatever gets me, whatever fills my cup up. It just made my whole day better. Yes. And that's a critical component of high performance is start. Let's, let's look at your day and how do you start your day? Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. definitely. I know you're in the gym at 4.30 uh, well, in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been two months because I had, you know, all those issues. But with me getting up that early and getting things done, that way I have the rest of the day to do whatever else I needed to do with other people like the children and, yes. you know, dinner and stuff like that. I feel like when you wake up in the morning and, you know, give yourself affirmations, some goals, it'll put you on the straight and narrow for that structure that you need for that day and not wake up with something negative because you wake up with a negative thought. It's probably going to make your whole day negative. Right. You know, just like I told you earlier is that it's not a bad day. You're just having bad moments. Love it. Are you a morning person? Yes. I have been because I've been so physical. I've been yeah. doing shows, yeah. bodybuilding shows. You have to be up at 4 a.m. to get all your cardio and stuff yeah. done. Because so. a lot of people are like, well, I can't do that because I'm not a morning person. I'm, I'm not a morning person. Yeah. But so I was wondering, you know, what you're like when you're having those moments where you don't want to get up, how do you push mm-hmm. through anyway? How do you have the discipline to go? Because especially when I'm getting ready to do a bodybuilding show, mm-hmm. it has it in my mind. That if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to succeed at the bodybuilding show. Yeah. I'm not going to get that first place. So that's what puts me in there. They're like, well, uh, I've got to do it now or I'm not going to do it at all. So I just forced myself. And then my body got into the schedule. So it automatically just wakes up at that time anyway. 
So. so it's having that goal, having the psychological discipline yep. of knowing I need to do it anyway. That, that's the yeah. important Love thing. It. Yeah. Well, I can see where it'd be advantageous to plan your day, but I can also see that it would be a problem if you don't do everything that you plan to do that day. If you hold yourself to it, you may get frustrated. And Well, you don't have to finish everything in one day. I mean, you can't put that in your head. Oh, my God, I've got 20 things on this list mm-hmm. I have to get done in one day. Why? Why? Yeah. There's tomorrow. There's the next day. Why do you have to push yourself and make yourself upset and frustrated if you don't get everything that you need to get done right now, today? One of the things I would tell my clients, because they say, you know, I have this list, and if I don't complete this list, I feel like it's a a weight on my shoulders, Mm -hmm. and I just hang it up, and I feel defeated. I feel like it's a lot. So I say, tackle one at a time. Be compassionate with yourself. Love yourself through that situation, you know, whether it's doing the laundry, you know, get your laundry done or whether it's, hey, I got to clean out my cupboards, you know, do it one thing at a time. And then before you know it, at the end of the week, you'll see that your list has been completed. So I think a lot of the times if you put so much weight on your shoulders and you don't complete that, it kind of psychologically uh, affects you. So what I say is be compassionate with yourself. Love yourself through that circumstance and understand it's your life. You, you're the one, you're the master of your ship. So you have the ability to maneuver what your life looks like. And it's okay. It's okay. What about honey-do list? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I got honey-do list for myself. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I have a honey-do list for myself, no one else. So, But I see where you're coming from. I tend to get frustrated when I can't get everything done, or like with me with clients. Whenever I get new clients, you know, I have to get them meal plans, workout structure, set up one-on-one schedules. You know, I feel bad if I can't get all of that to them like ASAP, you know, and I let them know like, hey, it might be a couple days before you get all this information. Just be patient. So when I don't get things like that done, I feel super frustrated and defeated with myself and I feel guilty. Right. And it's learning to understand that, okay, you know, this is a situation that needs to be addressed and, and effective communication and not don't be so hard on yourself. Exactly. And then once mm-hmm. you get that task accomplished, reward yourself you know, say, woohoo, be proud, do what makes you happy in that moment, celebrate the small things. And I think, um, what is really important is I think people put happiness as a destination as opposed to being happy in the moment and then the process. Yeah. I, I, I'm really bad at that. So I'm like, I see all these people like going and doing awesome things and traveling and stuff like that. And I get jealous. I'm like, why can't I do that right now? Oh, because I have things to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just understand, love yourself through that circumstance and enjoy life. And I think we talked a little bit about that. We touched that last. Absolutely. I think that um, kind of going back to the time management, because time management causes so much stress for people. Mm-hmm. And this is ultimately about relationships, right? So it's about how do we, but how do we manage our time and our efforts so it doesn't boil over into our relationships? One thing I was just thinking about is often people, they make their lists, but they don't assess the proper amount of time to it. Mm-hmm. And what if you were to draw, if you had a piece of paper and you draw like a, a line down the center and a line across, you had four quadrants. There's like four time quadrants people operate in. Urgent, important. Those are like your emergencies, like, you know, 911, I got to drop everything to, to, to do what I need to do. And then there's urgent, 
not a priority. And then there's, um, oh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank. The um, not a priority, not urgent, and then urgent, and then priority. Those are like other people's. Yeah. Like yeah. So what you want to do is you want to operate in priority but not urgent. So you're not in a constant state of, of rush and stress. Yeah. And if you're, if you're constantly like um, running around with your hair on fire, mm-hmm. overwhelm, then that's going to you know bleed over into everything else that you do. You're not going to do good work. It's going to bleed over into your relationships. You're going to be at odds with your partner. You're going to be yelling at your kids for stuff that you wouldn't typically do. Mm-hmm. But every little thing will set you off because you're like in a state of frenzy. Right, yeah. right. I love that. So, all right. Anything else? Um, I think to be honest and accepting, own your own issues, problems, and mistakes. And I think in a relationship, that's really important. Like if you're having an issue address that issue right don't put the blame on other people or expect them to be a magician you know and poof your all your issues are gone i think it's important to have accountability Mm -hmm. what do you guys say i agree i think that uh oftentimes we're trying to play the mind reader we don't we don't talk about our true feelings we have this expectation uh, that this other person is going to understand what i mean or hint to them instead of actually truly telling them what you want and when your relationship is clear because you've described specifically what you want and you understand what the other person wants, then all that expectation and all that mind reading goes away. But yeah, oftentimes, communication we, is key. Communication yes, is key. Yes, yeah. absolutely. What if uh, one of your partners is an ardent Democrat and the other one is an ardent <laughs> Republican? Oh, no. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, you know, be honest. It says um, partner has a right to his or her opinions, but... Absolutely. And if you discuss... Again, well, politics shouldn't make a relationship, that's for sure. And I think it's about respect, right? Yes, it and is. And I think um, you might... You could agree to disagree. Yes, you can. As you long can as you Switzerland. talk it out. Yep, talk it out and get your feelings out about how you feel about a certain, you know, thing. And then you just move on. There's no reason to, like, harp on it. Our ruin a relationship because of the, you know, right. political We all have different beliefs. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't get with my boyfriend because of, you know, beliefs. That's not why I got with him in the first place. So even if he was a Democrat and I was a Republican, you know, we... We'd be fine. We'd get through it. Yeah. Shay, would it be easy for you to I used have to a let difference things, of opinions with a partner? And I think I used to let that bother me. And, and what it boils down to is like control. I used to get really ag- – I used to listen to a lot of talk radio. Mm-hmm. And I get very passionate about those topics. What I, it was a, Once again, it directly correlated to all of those things would just piss me off. And then I would take it out on my kids and mm. partner and at work. And what I realized was like, there's nothing that I can do about what's happening in Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. <laughs> and once I started to detach from that, my life became a lot better. And mm-hmm. I think that we're trying to, I yes, I think that you need to have some grace with your partner. And I don't think that politics should be Dictate. that volatile yeah. in your relationship. No. No. If, if it is, then I think there's some... We, we have some control yeah, issues that we need, need to step to, back and kind of think yeah. about what's mm-hmm. going we on. Yeah. What's yeah, really going we on. can't do anything yeah. about what's going yeah. on in Washington, D.C. or yeah. the beliefs and politics that's going on today. We can't do anything. I mean, you see it on social media. People wake up and they're automatically like, oh, my gosh, yeah, they're they're posts, Pelosi, that. their posts on yeah. Facebook. That's, I'm just like, oh, that's the first thing that you think about in the morning when you wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some yeah. issues. Exactly. And I think especially in a therapeutic environment, they, you know, it could be a fight about the dishes not being done. 
But then when you peel back the layers yeah. of that, what's really, yeah. what's, yeah. what's, what's really, really the issue, the core of the mm-hmm. issue, exactly. So I think you know if if a couple is already having argumentative issues over politics, let's put peel the onion a yeah. little bit and find out what really is the issue. And every everyone's got triggers, whether it be like a pet peeve, like doing the dishes, or maybe it's a political. Tri- we need to understand what our triggers are. And we need to make our partner aware of what yes. the triggers are. Yes. So when we bring up that conversation, we tread maybe a little bit lightly. And that, that's having respect for the other person. Yeah. Understanding that everyone, we're human, we all have triggers, we're triggered mm-hmm. by something, and that our partner is going to be triggered by something. But having that love and kindness and respect for one another to understand that, so maybe you don't bring it up or maybe you bring it up a little bit gentler, you know, as or... Because if you're doing it in a way like you understand that maybe you, do, you have a political difference and you're just throwing it in your partner's face. Yes. Okay, what's really going on there? Like why, we, why are you really trying to piss your partner off? Mm-hmm. Right. And then I give them code words. Like, you know, sit down with your significant other. Come up with a code word. When you feel it's getting really heated, you, you tell your partner, red. You yeah, know, mine's pineapple. Or, we yeah. discussed this already. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> then you walk away. You know, and then... You know, regroup and then mm-hmm. engage later. Yeah. So I think that's important to kind of know your partner, and if it yeah. gets a little bit heated, yeah. to come yeah. up with something yeah, that back. works for and you. And never go yeah. to bed angry with one another. Yes, that was our thing. We will never go to bed upset with one another. We say "I love you" and go yep. to sleep. I love that. And let your partner know that he or she is appreciated. I guess. <laughs> Amen. A lot of yes. times, a lot of it gets yeah. unsaid. Yeah, you just need to hear that. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. I've heard that. Uh, I don't know who was talking about it, but when you go to bed angry, mm-hmm. your subconscious keeps score. And it's just like a little scar in your relationship. Yeah, you wake up that way too. Eventually yeah. over time, that scar widens and, and that wound, it's a wound that just continues to fester and it'll eventually destroy the relationship. And, it, so, and it, like you said, it's not on a conscious level, but a subconscious level. So then when the heat of the moment comes up, the all that, the floodgates get yeah. open. And then what about this time, this time, and this time? Oh, yes. And when, us women, we're great about remembering yeah. yes. <laughs> I remember 10 years ago when yep. you forgot yep. to take the garbage mm-hmm. out in the radiator. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I think it's important to let those issues go. All right. You know, well, we just have to leave it there then. Thank you for having us. Thank you all for being here. Thank Thank you, you. Gary. That is our Graduate Warriors program for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Do Hard Things podcast. This is an incredibly important topic. Once again, I think that these conversations need to be had and it could salvage your relationship. It could help someone else because our relationships, they're either improving or they're decaying. And oftentimes we get bored and that's just a symptom of some other things that we need to address in the relationship. So if you like what we talked about here today, please leave a review, comment below. If you have any additional resources that could be helpful to someone, uh, subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified of future episodes. And there's obviously someone out there that you know that needs to hear some of the things that we talked about that this message could serve them. Please share. And uh, with that, you can contact me in the show notes. Thank you for being a supporter and watching. We will see you guys in the next episode. In the meantime, keep doing hard things.